0: and welcome to the 90s galore podcast everybody i'm your host andy zaldivar and we are back for another splendid spectacular awesome edition of the 90s galore podcast uh tonight we have a very very special guest very distinguished guest uh, i'd like to add um before i i I get to our 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 guest um i want to thank everybody for um just for all your all your uh, communication, uh, dropping me uh, lines on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, I want to uh, thank you for the um, all the uh, communication on uh, iTunes. It means a lot to me, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate the feedback, the input, the. Um, the ratings and, uh, the comments, the reviews, what have you. So keep those coming. I really appreciate it. It means the world to me, obviously. And, uh, also, uh, yeah, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Um, we're growing every day, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and, uh, my goal is to continue to bring you content, uh, that is, um, second to none to bring you uh the guests the the awesome guests the the best guests that i can find and um that's uh tonight is no exception to that so um so thank you guys ladies and gentlemen Uh, i want to thank the listeners out in uh, the uk australia uh peru mexico uh here in the united states of course uh you guys mean the world so there is no podcast without you guys so um, like I said I'm gonna continue to bring it 100% and uh, you know let's continue to, to grow and uh, make this thing a, a something that's a very special um, so let's go ahead and, and, and introduce our guest i got a very like i said you know i can't i can't emphasize enough that enough uh we recently did uh, some uh, uh some work together here uh well not so much work uh, he he did a uh, he featured uh, our, our hometown on fox sports uh recently the, in the uh, last week and um it was a really nice piece he did for the LA Kings and Fox Sports and um, our hometown here in Simi Valley, California. So that was really nice to uh, to get to know our, our guest here. And uh, he can be heard on K- KWKW 1330 AM ESPN Deportes Radio in LA as the Spanish voice for the Los Angeles Kings hockey Um He's also the pregame, halftime, and postgame host for Los Angeles Rams on game days, also for KWKW Spanish Radio. In uh, June 2013, he became the first Mexican-born broadcaster on Fox Broadcast Network, where he's currently working with Fox Deportes, calling Major League Baseball games throughout the season. In 2018, he made history as the first Spanish radio and analyst for the Major League Soccer expansion team, Los Angeles Football Club, LAFC. And he just became LAFC's very first Spanish TV voice on Estrella TV, channel 62. Um, Congratulations on that. Additionally, he serves as the guest reporter and sideline analyst for the club's YouTube TV programming. Uh, So let me catch my breath real quick, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Um, On October 24th, 2012, he became the youngest broadcaster to call a World Series game for Spanish television. He has also served... As a host and analyst for the NFL, including the Super Bowl, he's called the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, NBA Finals. He's worked with the Los Angeles Sparks, Los Angeles Dodgers, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Los Angeles Clippers, LA Lakers, uh, FIFA World Cup. He's also called games for, uh, I'm sorry, he also calls games for DirecTV Latin America, including Spain's La Liga. Uh, soccer and the Union of European Football Association, a.k.a. UEFA Champions League. And if that weren't enough, he's also involved with MMA, including UFC fights. He's currently hosting Guerreros Hispanos for King of the Cage on Azteca, Calif- uh, I'm sorry, Azteca, America, as well as having worked with World Extreme Cage Fighting. He also works for uh, the Lux Fight League, L-U-X, MMA, and... Uh, estrella latin american tv and i don't know i don't know what else uh <laughs> is there anything he hasn't done ladies and gentlemen without further ado francisco x rivera how are you sir
1: hey man uh, that was uh, uh sort of a short trip through time but at the same time it, you made me a relive the memory so great i mean it, it, it's amazing that there's some of those things that i started a while ago i'm still doing and some that you know have just gone but you know what's what's great about it and just listen to you. Or, you know, I, I don't think any any opportunity or any any journey has been ever a waste. I think, you know, it's been a great learning experience, great learning curve from every every single gig that I've had. So I'm very fortunate. I get very grateful uh for, for every every single one of these opportunities and it's just moving on to the next one. But um you know I'm I'm, I'm liking it. It's been 14 you know, interrupted the year, so um, on to the next uh, few adventures, man. Yeah,
0: Fantastic. no, absolutely, Francisco. No, that's quite the resume, man. I mean, is there anything that you you, you haven't, <laughs> you don't do? I think you uh, sell popcorn at halftime too, right? <laughs> and some of these, jeez, broadcast
1: wise, broadcast wise, I am I am pretty much all set. And you know, as, as you mentioned, it's, it's been everything from calling the World Series, to the NBA Finals, to the Super Bowl, to big soccer tournaments. You name it. And, and right now, for me, uh, what I what I really want to maybe not focus on because I love being on air is, is uh, consulting, uh, creative work. Right now, I'm consulting for the Los Angeles Kings, leading their strategy when it comes to Spanish uh, or Hispanic community outreach. Thank Command America as well, and, and helping the L.A. Clippers as well starting this season. So, yeah, I love broadcasting. a little bit on air. I don't think that will ever leave me because I love being the center of attention to be honest with you but at the same time you know I love you know I started loving doing some stuff you know behind uh, behind the scenes creating you know having that power to execute is just, uh, it's just uh, it's addicting I think so you know it is, who knows where where lab will take me but you know right now I'm, I'm just it's not that I don't want to be just a sports broadcaster I love what I do and I'm blessed to be I've been doing it for, for such a long time but at the same time I just want to explore and see
0: what else is out there absolutely man no no it's uh i, I can tell you you're you're passionate about your, your journey your your journey and and what you're doing now and there's, there's no doubt about that man and yeah man thank you for taking the time francisco i want to thank you on on the air here and uh for for, for coming on the 90s goaler podcast man and uh, you know i can't i can't thank you enough man and but um you know what i think it's you got i think you got an awesome story man you were born in, in mexico correct
1: Yes, I was uh, born and raised in Mexico City. lived there the, until I was seventeen
0: years old. Seventeen, and and uh, it, 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 you came out here for for college.
1: Correct. Um, you know, one of the things that I can share with you, and you can say you you got the exclusive. Um, I went to El Camino College my first three years of um, of uh, you know pre university years per s e. Then went to Long Beach State. Um, I have been invited by El Camino to be their commencement speaker, uh, come June. Oh, really? So, uh, you, yeah, you got the exclusive right here, man. So, so yeah, so work.
0: Very cool. You're breaking some news here on on, on the podcast.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I got to give you some scoop. So
0: yeah. Oh man, that's awesome.
1: about that. Yeah.
0: Congratulations on that, man. Thank you. The uh, commencement speaker in June, you said?
1: Uh, It's going to be June. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah, El, El, that's awesome, man. El Camino College, yeah, they have a great football history there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know okay. if you're familiar with the the name John Featherstone.
1: Uh, I've heard. Come. and uh, obviously familiar with Chuck Knight, who I think played there, too.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm familiar familiar with that name. and uh, You know, it's interesting, too, about El Camino, Francisco. I have a a little connection to to that school uh, basically the current football coach his name is Gifford Lindheim I don't know if you're okay. uh, familiar he uh he he recruited me out of uh Chafee College and Ranch Cucamonga oh wow and he was yeah he was um, an assistant coach at Whittier College this was back in 2000 and uh, anyways that's my little connection and now I, I he's moved around and now he's the head coach at uh al camino college which is pretty cool man so That's right yeah yeah so you know um so yeah want to kind of so you you grew up in mexico and uh linda vista li, uh, correct yeah linda vista right and yeah shout out to um df I, I know i got i got some people in satellite you, you said you were familiar and um my cousin roberto's down there just a quick shout out roberto como stan and um so, your your broadcasting career, man. Wh- when did you decide that you wanted to be a broadcaster? Was it one of those things where uh, you always knew you wanted to do that, or it, it, was it something that kind of evolved later on in maybe your teenage years or something like that? Or how did that go down for you?
2: Yeah,
1: so I think growing up, uh, things for me were very unique because my my dad was uh, was a, was a pretty good athlete, and he had some flirting with professional sports uh, for reasons that didn't have anything to do with, with his skill level, he, he didn't make it to, to, to the big leagues. Uh, but, you know, people would actually wonder why as a seven or eight-year-old I wasn't playing any sports, seeing the fact that he was so so, so much into sports. So, uh, when I was... I mean, I tried basketball and swimming, and you know, but as a, as a little kid, baseball, you know, I was throwing rocks to other kids when I was three, four years old, right? So, <laughs> when... I remember a PE class when I was I started playing soccer. I scored my first goal, and you know I got addicted to, to, to the excitement of soccer. And that uh, and that was just coming from a PE class, and I got hooked right right then. And, and uh, that was the year in which um, uh, Italy hosted the World Cup, in 1990. Oh yeah. So uh, you know they had the, the, the uh, sticker album and you know all of these things about the World Cup and. You know, I, I got I got hooked, man. I got addicted to it. And um, so I, 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 I told my dad to get into the soccer team, which he did right away. Um, I later on started playing, you know, I was, a lot, I was a game, so into video games. You know, every time I was at home, I was pretending, you know, I was calling the game. Uh-huh. So I pretty much every, every single day from 8 to 17 or 18, I, you know, I had a soccer ball right next to me and, and or, a video game, which I was calling, so I, I knew that was going to be my destiny. I, I was I, I played baseball. I played uh, basketball as well, uh, in Mexico, while uh, in high school. Um, I loved, you know, baseball, especially my passion, my, my first love. So, um, at the same time, you know, every time again, I sat down and played video games. I was I was already imagining myself calling the game. Like, there were times when I was by myself. I'm an only child. So I was by myself playing soccer inside uh, my house. By myself, going from one side to the other, pretending I was both teams, and I was actually calling the game in my head. So I, I knew something related to sports was going to be was was going to guide my destiny. Uh, I, I was, I don't think I was a, a very good team player. My my ego has always had the best of me, and uh, that that really hurt me when I kept to playing team sports because I, I was just was not ready mentally. Uh-huh. So when I moved here to, to the U.S., I, the first time I moved here was uh, 17. So uh, you mentioned Rancho Cucamonga. I went to high school not so far away from there. I went to Wilson High School. And oh. uh, I remember uh, when I, you know, when I, my, my intentions were uh, MLS had just started. So I thought, you know, I, I'm going to come here. I'm going to get a scholarship. You know, go to college, get drafted, right? And I'm 17. I'm seeing everything so easy. And. And I remember when I started training with the team, you know, I, I knew it was not, I mean, not that it was going to come easy for me, but I was, you know, well loved to the level of, you know, uh, amongst my teammates, right? Uh, and then I remember the principal calling me to his office once, and um, he, he said to me, man, I've heard um, a lot about you. I you know people watch you in training, and um, uh, they're really pleased, and, uh, you know, you could be a great athlete. I don't want you to help them win a championship. And I said, sir, you know, I'm honored. Um, I didn't know what to expect when you called me over here. And, you know, thank you. You know, so, uh, but those are the things when, you, when you're 17 and you grow a big head and, yeah. you know, that was, that was my case. And, and I thought I was just better than everybody else. And even, even if I was or was not, that was not the right way to go about it. So um, I had a lot of, you know, trouble and turmoil within the team. So I ended up just quitting, uh, moved on, played baseball, and then eventually just returned to Mexico. And then that's where I sort of, I uh, forgot my my intention of, of, of going to college, you know, with scholarship playing soccer. I think I, I I am not sure if I would have reached pros. I would say, yeah, low percentage, but maybe. But at the same time, I think a uh, soccer scholarship was, was a lock. Uh, but, you know, I just, like, my attitude didn't let me, you know, get into it. So basically, I returned to Mexico, and I uh, started following my other passion, which is music. So uh, I forgot about pro sports. Um, finished high school there in Mexico, came back here, uh, still with that dream about music. At the same time, I knew mean, like I wanted to get you know my status uh, as a you know uh, legal alien, if you will. I mm-hmm. need to come to school, so I got my student visa. Cousin of mine uh, sponsored me. He you know put down you know it was, you know basically he said you know I made this much money, have this this much in property, whatever. I can I can be responsible for him and. Wow. That's basically how it started. Uh, so I went to Camino for for three years, and Long Beach state, and you know we just went from there.
0: Wow, man, that's that's interesting. It, um, you mentioned you went to Wilson.
1: Yeah, yeah, I played at Wilson for. I went there for like four or five months uh, before basically quitting, getting tired of the U.S. <laughs> at, <laughs> at, at first, and then just going back to Mexico. But yeah, I was I was there at Wilson.
0: Oh okay, yeah. My son went to Los Altos.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Rivals, right. well, you we would always kick our butt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. small world, man. I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 Very cool, man. Yeah. And uh, what year were you there in, in, in Wilson?
1: Ninety-nine. I was. I w- I would have graduated in two thousand. So I don't. I didn't even know there's any record of um, of me actually going to Wilson. At some point, I'm probably gonna call them up, and you know, they, they have to have some kind of record. I do still have my uniform. So, so what happened basically before I, before I definitely quit the team was, um, I, I still have my training gear, which was actually made by Diadora, oh. uh, which is a big soccer band, obviously. I think it's from Italy. Uh, so I think I have my shirt and my, my jersey, my training jersey. But then when it was time to, um, to buy the other stuff, I think it us like 120 bucks for the Sports, and Jersey. I'm like, oh, no, if I'm not, I had some issues with the coach and uh, I basically told them, say you're not gonna play me ninety minutes a game and I'm gonna be a star I don't want to be a part of that. I'm gonna pay 120 bucks for uniform. So thank you. And, you know, so long. So, uh, so those those are probably the only members that I have. Will there? There are people there that you remember me. Uh, might be interesting. <laughs> Head over uh, sometime and just just check it out. It'll be amazing. Yeah. So they know that you know I, I went there. <laughs> That's, that'll be interesting
0: wow man that's yeah that's interesting. you probably yeah they they should have some type of uh you know some type of record in there that that you went there yeah man yeah definitely you know uh so so that's interesting man you 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 would uh call these games at home back in mexico and you know and uh you just somehow you just knew that it was going to be your destiny and um you know you, you always hear those stories right you know how you know um people you know whether it's a musician or um an actor or or what have you and you know growing up they they just knew right they just had that vision they had that right. uh, that dream and um they just somehow they just knew it was just it was just meant to be uh, i think that's kind of like what, what you're 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 telling us here and uh, so when when was the very first time that you actually you know got behind a microphone and, and spoke in front of an audience
1: so, um I well I was going to Long State as soon as I transferred I was I was gonna be a junior. I started looking for opportunities um to get any kind of internship, right? So I started looking at different places and I I uh, saw something at Fox Sports, which was Fox Sports Net back in the day. Basically national mothership, you know, just uh yeah taking care of all the regional. Um and I got this college, I mean the internship which was so the great story about it is, um, I got to my interview late. It was at the a Lot where they make all the movies. Um, uh, I think I didn't got there early, but I was not expecting to have a line of like 20 or 30 cars in the visiting lane.
0: Oh, my so god, I got
1: there like probably 920. And what, what was you know, the best story of of, of it all is the personal irony. me so still. She was my mentor, and we're still great, great friends on, until until this day. And uh, um, who is that? I'm sorry, yeah, we we're still have um, her name Celeste Gehring. She was done she became my mentor. She hired me, gave me great opportunities, and then, uh, you know, we've become great friends since then. Uh, but she actually took a chance on me, and we talked about this, you know, for, for a long time because she could have just said, man, you're, you're, or not even, man, kid, you're 20 minutes late. I'm not, not going to take you in. You know, mm-hmm. it was probably 20, 20 at the time. And, um, you know, she actually took a chance on me, and, um, that's basically how things started. And, and the way things really got into, you know, finding my way behind a microphone. So I started, you know, getting, you know, some experience with internships, meeting more people, getting more projects. And one of those projects was, you know, a lot of times dealing with media requests or PR teams, things like that. So I started, you know, getting to know people within teams, you know, their PR teams and whatnot. And at the same time, my dad's uh, friend or acquaintance had a, a small newspaper here in Los Angeles. It was called Que Pasa Bulletin. Mm-hmm. Um, a small circulation, but it was uh, their website, I think this was back in outside. Their website was part of like a, it was called a like Hispanic or, or Latino or international network, or something like that. They had a lot of different really strong websites that um, it was part of it. So I basically, you know, he offered me to, to write the paper on the website. I had full control, there was no one else writing about sports. So basically, my 1st um, I remember I started writing some articles and since I had to contact the Fox and I knew some people. I like basically started sending samples of my writing and I said, you know, can I come cover your games? Can I come to Dr. Screen, can I come to Angel Screen, can I go to Staples Center? And they, you know, these teams took me in too because they saw, you know, my writing was solid. My stories were, were good. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I just started covering games and we went from there. So I started, you know, meeting more people. And there was um, a guy who uh, I, I really lost contact with, but he started giving me a lot of tips on how to, you know, be in front of the camera, putting some shows together, What no, we did something for the Dodgers back in 06. Mm. Uh, and then my big break beside the Dodgers show was, you know, casting for uh, a baseball announcer position at Fogues Espanol, which has now, you know, is now known as Fogues Um They told me that, you know, that they liked my, my demo. I did at FSN, and then they helped helping out. Uh, then I, I took the take to to talk to They had me do another casting. They liked it. They said we we have too many play-by-play guys, but we don't have former players. We don't have Alex. Will you do it? And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, yeah. I mean, I didn't play professionally, play so play the game for a long time. I I know the ins and outs, and you know, I love to study. So you know, but the heck, I'll take it. Plus, I know a lot of history, and you know, baseball is a sport that you know, if, if you bring whoever you want to bring in front of me. I can guarantee at home I don't have a pay for anyone. <laughs> and this is mean, not mine. It's, it's, it's really my sport. It's my thing. Uh, so, so yeah, so we won pretty well. And uh, so that's, that's really how it started. That's how we really got my first big break, we on a the microphone. Then again, I got addicted after that. So right. it, it's been 14 years.
0: Wow. Well, and then so you, um, that was in, um, I, what was the, uh, I'm sorry, were you at Long Beach State?
1: Yes. So, so I was, uh, my, my internship, I did a full year of an internship in 06 and then they, I mean, 05, I'm sorry. And then they offered me a job, which I could not take because, you know, I was on a student visa, although there's a shortcut to it. Mm. Uh, I could, I could work full time. I mean, part time while going to college and then full time during vacation, but it has to be something related to my career, right? I couldn't go work at McDonald's, for example, Taco Bell or. An office. You name it. It had to be something related to TV. Right. So I kept them working, but then you know in 06, I got my my big break, and then I was I, one of the things I'll never forget. Um, second sem- or my, my final semester, second semester of 06, uh, during my senior year, I had to go to the World Series, and and, and teachers were feisty and they were fighting me because <laughs> they want to they didn't want to postpone my finals or something because I had to go call the World Series. Oh my god! Uh, it was it was <laughs> I thought it was going to be their play-by-play guy. They sent me in as a sideline reporter. I was a young 24 year old, you know, blessed with with the opportunity. I was still mad because I didn't get to, you know, call the games. I thought it was going to be their guy. I was their guy throughout the whole season, uh, but you know, it wasn't meant to be. But it still took me. And you know, it was um, a five series game between Detroit and St. Louis. Great experience for me. Then I came back and I had to pay my dues, just like everything. Other, you know, all the students. So it was what he was. <laughs> But, but yeah, so, so I, I, I had my, man, I cut my big break before I even graduated. So yeah, that's that's something that was very interesting too.
0: Man. Yeah. That's cool. That's, that's pretty cool, man. And, and so you going back to the, your interview, your initial interview, you were 20 minutes late because of traffic, right? And were no, you...
1: no, not really. I, I was, I was there, let's say 855, uh-huh. but, um, the, this thing or the visitor's lane was you know, full. It was probably like 20 people. So by the time oh. I parked. Was probably, that was like 10 minutes after I had to walk 10 more minutes. So yeah, no, I was, I was technically, I was just not, I was innocent. I did not expect, that was probably my first time going to, into a movie lot, you know, me driving. Obviously, my, my, my cousin was a, was a huge actress in Latin America. So, you know, I've been to, you know, TV studios before, Mm -hmm. but that was my first time basically driving to one so i was i was just innocent you know and <laughs> and you know until until this date i'm sometimes later place it is what it is but uh <laughs> but yeah that one you know they took a chance on me and i'm i'm really grateful for that
0: it's uh, in that moment were you thinking oh, i'm I'm, sh- I'm just gonna i'm dead i'm i'm uh, you know this is um, they're not gonna give me the job there's no chance uh, but i'm just gonna go anyway were you kind of thinking like that
1: um you know what i i didn't really know what to expect i was so overwhelmed that I just went in there and we just started talking sports and the person who interviewed me as I said Celeste who was now you know so today is still one of my best friends you know she, she noticed right away that, that I, I knew my, my stuff and wow. she the potential in me and that, that's what it was I think had I been you know some kid that was probably shy or struggling to, to talk and or hold my own she would probably forget about this kid so I've always yeah. said you know when, when you're if you're going to carry some some baggage going somewhere. You, you gotta walk the walk. You know what I mean. You, if you uh, you're to be good, if if, uh, if you're gonna be, I'm not saying I'm problematic or a diva or anything, but I'm just saying in general, and it happens in sports too. And you see it with guys getting suspended for various reasons. If you're very good, teams are gonna keep you no matter what. But if you're struggling and you mess up, that's probably your your ticket out.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's, uh, and uh, of course, uh, you know, confidence and, and uh, all that good stuff comes along with it, man. All those uh, those, those characteristics, and uh, but, yeah, I mean, the talent—you got to have talent, man. Bottom line, and um, so that—that's a pretty cool story, man. You know, you could have it uh, could have gone the other way, but uh, she took a chance on you, and here we are, man. You said fourteen yeah. years later, huh?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then again, we we see each other every once in a while. We talk often too, and we just laugh about it. And it, it's it's great. It's, it's things like that that you know keep you laughing and, and keep you positive. You know, when yeah. you go through rough times, you you go back to those times. You're like, back then, that was my biggest problem, and right now, it's, you just laugh about it.
0: Right. <laughs> definitely, man. Definitely, and so so everything that you got going on now. You know, Francisco, and I mean, how, I I just wonder, man, how do you balance all everything out, man? Because you you got a lot going on, you know, and you know, the, you, know you got you got to factor in travel and and, and your scheduling and, and uh, preparation, and um, man, I mean, how how do you do it? <laughs> it, it <laughs> yeah. It's
1: broad, brother. I'm gonna I'm, give you the best example as this this current week. Uh, we this might a few days later, but let's just say the week of uh, which days the check. Day? <laughs> let's just mm-hmm. say it's the week of uh February seventeenth. So for me, yeah, I even before let's go back to Friday, um, for, uh, Valentine's Day, right? So I flew into Mexico City for an MMA fight. Uh my wife was, was with me and we have a home in Mexico City, so we just stayed with my dad and then went there for the for the weigh ins. Uh so from the airport right to the weigh ins with my bags. Um, had to pre take some stuff for my newscatter, Straya TV, channel sixty two. Mm-hmm. Then from there, go see my aunt real quick. Go to my parent, my dad's house. Friday morning, run some errands with my wife. Then go to go to go to our rehearsal. Back home, change. Then go to the fight. Saturday, I did take some kind of a break, I guess. But then I was suppo- I wasn't supposed to go to Leon for the L- Leon FC game. We were going to do a show at Estrella TV because uh, we ha- we just announced that we're going to be the the team's uh, partner for the next uh, next season and hopefully many more. Right. So I needed to be, you know, I wanted to be active. I wanted to participate. Unfortunately, our pre post game show was not going to happen. But I still, when I when it was Saturday night, I'm like, I got to be there. So I called my boss. It was already like midnight in Mexico, and you changed my flag? She said yes. So I, I started making all the arrangements, and so my so uh, my dad, wife, and and I just drove to, to Leon on Monday, uh, went to, a uh, press conference and, and practice. And then the next day it was game time. Wednesday, um, uh, drove back from Leon to Mexico City, right into the airport, took a plane. And when everyone thought I was going to go to sleep, I went right into Stray Opera in Burbank to work. <laughs> uh, and my Thursday was media day, shooting some promos with players to announce the partnership on Friday. Um, at uh, LAFC Performance Center, Cal State LA. Then at night, I was uh, there was a Kings game, and I had to do too many things there. Um, you know, for example, um, I had a board meeting. I'm part of the, the LA Kings Advisory Board, which is this super group of 32 people who are like CEOs of big companies, uh, mm-hmm. very successful people. We have rock stars, we have uh, actors, we have big Hollywood producers, and very proud to be part of that group. So I had to be there. And I actually had to leave early because Fox Sports West needed me in their pregame to lead um, one of the features that I actually did with you and your friends with Mike Guardado, uh-huh. uh and with um, and with Albert about you know Latino fans you know in Team Valley following the Kings. So after that, I I um, went back to uh, meet with with someone during the game. One of my my good friends from the board, and that was also hosting. I don't know if you're um are you a rock fan at all
0: oh yeah absolutely
1: uh well no if you're a heavy metal fan but um i connected with uh art Cruz, who's uh, an la native mexican-american who was the, the, the drummer for um heavy metal band lamb, lamb of god okay. so um yeah so i had to go say hi to, to to art yeah then brought into our suite it seems that you know funny story um colin Hanks, Tom Hanks' son who was Um, part of our board. He's a big metal fan, so they knew each other through social media, so I made the connection, which is something I love doing. It's like bringing good people, to not just anyone, but good people together. So I brought them into the suite, so we had a blast. The game was amazing. And then Friday morning, um, through the King's board, they invited me to um, this company, uh, BCG, which is in Manhattan Beach. They have a mentorship program for high school kids presenting projects related to technology. Um, and then so I had to be in Manhattan Beach at um eight thirty. Okay. So that meant I probably slept two hours. <laughs> um and then after Manhattan Beach I had to go pick up my wife at the airport, and then go to LAFC so Performance Center once again in Cal State, LA because I needed to be there for the press conference and for the announcement. Um uh, and it's seven sixteen right now and I still haven't gone back to bed again because of so many things that I was doing and obviously make sure my wife was okay, that she got everything she needed after coming back. And between those times, those two hours of sleep, I'm also writing for NHL Espanol, the new website uh, by, by by the league. Oh. And I was writing a story about this Ukrainian uh, coach, Boris Doroshenko, who went to Mexico and was one of the pioneers of the sport there. So um, I'm telling you, I really haven't slept much in the last few days. And, and going back to the last month end of January, I, I really haven't slept much. It's been, it's been weird, but... I have promised myself that I am going to uh, give more time to my family. I'm going to try to not put a stop or say, but I'm really, really, really going to try to minimize, you know, um, my time, you know, taking meetings and, and doing other things that I don't really have to do Uh uh, because I need to give some time to my family. And, you know, you're, 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 you're a dad, you, you have wives, you've you've, been married for longer than I have. So I'm probably going to pick your brain at some point. I'll have to balance. You know, professional life and, and, uh, <laughs> and family because it's been, you know, it, it's been a little struggle since I t- started taking more responsibilities as a consultant for companies and, or executive and whatnot or, or producer. So it's been rough, but you know, here we are. And, you know, I, I um, me and my wife love each other. She, she was there at the uh, LAC presentation with me today. We got to um, take some pictures and, you know, we, she, she was there. And it was, it was, I was really proud that she was there, you know, sharing that moment with me. So then again, long story short, Uh, it's, uh, it's a struggle, but you know, you, you keep them going. It's, you gotta make the money. You, you gotta, if you want the fame and the the celebrity status, you, you need to work for it. And at the same time, you do want a family. You've got to make sure you pay attention to your family as well. So it's, it's been rough, but you know, we're learning. It's, It's a learning curve every day.
0: Definitely, man. Wow. So I'm glad you got those two hours of sleep in though. Yeah, I'm glad you got those two hours, man. And yeah, that's that's a that's tough work, Francisco. Somebody's got to do it though, man. Yeah, you know, Um, but yeah, yeah, it's um, wow, but that's a lot. That's a lot going on, man. That's a lot going on. And you mentioned music, Francisco. You and you mentioned, um, you're a huge fan of music, and, and this podcast is uh, largely centered. Uh, around music, uh, you know, we, we we you know, we cover a lot of um uh, music, and bands, and uh solo artists from the decade of the '90s and, and beyond. All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's so, my
1: jam. Man. That's my jam. So let's talk music.
0: What's yeah. uh, well, so, I got a
1: great story for you if you want. If you want to talk '90s music, I've got a great story
0: for you. Oh, please, please do. Go All ahead. Right.
1: Okay. So I met my wife um, in junior high. Uh-huh. She was 14. I was 15. Right. Uh, okay. third, uh it was uh, the third grade of secundaria which here would be what 10th grade no ninth grade right yeah so yeah. she she liked nirvana and you know i, I like you know classic rock because of my dad he has records you know from the beatles the doors the rolling stones and whatnot he also played the drums, so i i, I was reading really into into classic rock but then she got me into, into grunge i really liked her she didn't like me um, so it's one of, it was one of those things. Then we, we stopped seeing each other, but then we have some common friends. And in Mexico City, if you live around the neighborhood, it's a small group. So yeah. you sort of know, you know, a lot of people or you have friends in common, right? So, um, we, we stopped seeing each other. Then, you know, things just evolved and many years after we met again through Facebook, uh, just like many other people nowadays, and uh, we right. started dating, and you know, we moved together, and then we eventually got married. So we we kept that connection through music. And then um, I, as they mentioned, there I have a, a lot of musical, you know, geniuses that I've met with the Kings, and one of them is Fred Curry, who's the former drummer Cinderella and Guns and Roses, Ozzy Osbourne. You know, he and he's a composer of every every piece of music you hear inside Staple Center when the Kings play. That's oh yeah. Fred. Right. yeah
0: what's his name again so, i'm sorry um,
1: fred curry okay yeah so through fred i met sean McNabb, who was the basis for Dawkins and many other bands
3: oh wow um, cool.
1: and um there was recently um an event uh in honor of ronnie james theo mm-hmm. um and he was it was called bony for ronnie so it's uh it's to, to fight uh the to, to bigger cancer okay so uh or just yeah i think that that's what he yeah that's what it was so um, I went there, I, I, I really want to get in, right? And, and they said, well, come cover the event, you know, you have your newscast. And um, so I, I brought the idea to my producer, he loved it. And then, you know, the guys at the board saw that um, um, our station had big ratings. So they were really happy that we we're there because a lot of times you have, you know, like music magazines or blogs covering, but yeah. you don't have like your Fox 11 or your CBS too. So for them to have a stay at the event, it was huge for them. So. I got to do some one-on-ones they got me either buzzer from black sabbath you know for me i mean i one of the first i, I maybe the first songs i sang in one of my bands was paranoid
2: oh, right wow. so for me it
1: was incredible right and, and obviously <laughs> he, he knows fred really well so fred introduced me to a lot of people that's cool sean did as well but the big fish of that night was dave so Oh, for,
2: you know obviously you know the beatles are my first you know band then green day and
1: nirvana right after so I thought this is going to be great. I want to take my wife, and we're going to be babe grown, right? And even if he doesn't want to do an interview, we want to take a picture, right? So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't want to talk smack about people that just say they respectfully declined,
2: oh. uh,
1: <laughs> but we still got the picture. But, so uh, it's, it's one of those things where uh, you know, you as a, as a young kid growing growing up in Mexico City and with a mute making connections to your like with friends and Jeff, and, and my current wife, uh, you know, you, you, you're like, wow, you never think that you're going to meet these monsters, monsters of people, right? Like these guys that you idolize, you never right. think that you're going to meet them. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you, we're talking hockey and he's, he's a big hockey fan. and like inviting kids to a game. And um, so, you know, it's, it's those things where you're like, wow, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, I, I've gotten to the major leagues. I am talking to the, to the main guys, you know, right. and, and you know, I, I used to play your songs, and now I'm talking to you and <laughs> whatever. So, you know, it's 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 one of those things that are that are great. That I, uh, even though I'm not, you know, performing or um, I'm still you know, sort of alive in the game. Although recently, uh, a friend of mine with a metal band invited me to uh, to play. We opened for a very uh, very big uh,
2: band from Spain. Their name is cenobia and then okay. we opened for them. They got, you know, got
1: to do my thing. The Kings actually gave me a Shetzer guitar, which is all Kings uh, custom made. Uh, oh. so it's it's actually this one is uh, I a mean, commemorative one from the 2014 Albuquerque, Colorado. Um, so cool. I, I used it to do a out of pictures and tell the chain, "Hey guys, I'm putting your product out there." So yeah, I mean, I I, I can tell you even even more than just calling the game and being at the World Series or whatnot. I, I played two songs with them, but those two songs, in my head, they lasted for like 30 minutes, man. It was... And the energy and just being in front of people. Uh, I didn't... I usually sing. I didn't sing then, but I was just playing guitar. Uh, I don't have that raspy voice to sing like death metal, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I was there and just playing guitar and just you know having a blast and doing the, the windmills. like see Townsend and you know, I'm doing my thing, having fun, and you know it's one of those things that that nothing there's, there's nothing that can replace that feeling when it comes to music. So uh, I still, like, I mean, I grew up in the '90s, and you know, like said, I said, I'm a big Nirvana, Green Day guy, Stone Simple Pilot. Oh yeah. Uh, so, or another '90s one when I met Slash for the first time, I thought you're you
0: know, S- Slash. Slash? yeah, Guns so roses, you're, yeah. You're, okay
1: yeah you're gonna you're gonna love this one so my guitar which one of the guitars that i still have is the pirate from the caribbean as we call us fall right so it has wow. like a big skull like a pirate uh, so i i was taking a picture with flash and whoever was taking it was using my phone and in the back of my phone was actually a picture of me on a sticker with me uh it, it's from a photo shoot when i was uh, actually holding that guitar so flash is like wow uh, is that you? I'm like, yeah. And how about that guitar? Is that, is that yours? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, let me see that phone. And he's like, I've never seen that guitar before. That's a cool guitar. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Then again, it's kind of like, I would never thought I would be flash in my life, right? <laughs> when I was singing Sweet Child of Mine or what to Jungle Mexico, right? And right. So this guy's telling me you have a cool guitar. Like, yeah, this is it. You, you,
3: you made
1: it. So it's, yeah. you know, then again, it's, it's one of those great things that um,
3: that's a cool moment.
1: Working in sports and in entertainment, I mean, you 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 get to, to cherish those moments and embrace them. And, right. and even though I'm not, you know, actively a musician, I still love, you know, these opportunities of mingling and oh. talking to to these great artists that I like.
0: Of course, yeah, man. So slash, yeah, slash. Oh man, that's a that's a good one right there, man. <laughs> and, and that was at Dodger Stadium, I think you said.
1: Yeah. So it was. I wasn't even expecting. Uh, for him to be there but he was he performed the anthem with uh, oh, okay. with, his, with the guitar just by himself and I was there doing some interviews for Fox espanol and it sort of happened like that and I told him, hey, you know, can you talk but it was for me it was not much about the talking or uh, I mean doing the interview on air but I wanted to talk to him you know and I wanted yeah. to uh,
3: yeah.
1: I, I didn't care about the interview but I wanted to talk to him and take his brain a little bit you know and uh, it was great and I remember at that time Aaron Neville also showed up. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's more like 70s, but, you know, i also big fan of it, and they were talking, I'm like, you know, it, it's funny now that I, that I bring that up, because, like, now when I, you know, the Kings have given me sort of the keys of the, keys of the castle, if you will, they have given me their role as ambassador, bringing, you know, low Latino celebrities and, and the personalities, and rock stars, musicians, whatnot. Yeah. We get to talk a lot, and we, and we get to mingle and find, you know, friends in common and things in common, whatnot. I remember seeing Flash and they're unable. And they, I don't know if they knew each other, but they're, you know, legendary musicians. They're, they're just talking just like nothing, right? And they're interacting like that. I'm like, yeah. I want that to be me one day. I'm, <laughs> I'm not like, I'm not talking to you because I'm interviewing you or because I'm asking you for a picture, but we're talking because we're changing points of view about anything yeah you know and and and, and, you know i've got i've got a chance to actually do that you know and and then then again i'm i am not the type of celebrity that they are but you know i am some kind of celebrity so people get (laughs) interested in what i do as well so it's 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 one of those things that you know it's it's just private practice
0: yeah man absolutely absolutely good point man and uh so do you still play your guitar at home or, or uh you know you get a you still get a chance to do that once in a while
1: yeah, yeah, especially when I, um, you know, New Year's, uh, Christmas parties with family, I get to do it. Uh, at home, I need to, I need to get more time to do it. Uh, and I, it's relaxing too. Uh, but, but I, I definitely something that I have sort of procrastinated, Um, uh, before I still was part of that pre-Napster movement, right? When I no. thought, you know, artists get signed and, yeah. you know, someone's got a discovery and whatnot. And because of the connections that I have in Mexico with the entertainment industry, yeah. you know, I thought, you know, I could probably do it. And, you know, I, I interviewed with a lot of people, with a lot of producers and we're interested in doing it. But then I realized that nowadays it's about you. You have to pay for it. And there's no, there's, I mean, it's not like in the 60s, 70s when people actually get signed because of talent. and You get discovered. It doesn't work like that anymore. Everyone's working independently pretty much unless you're a super mega star. Mm. So there's no starting from, from scratch anymore. You actually have to pay for your for your stuff. So I, I I mean I have a lot of connections, a lot of great producers that would like to work with me, but it, it's some, something like where I have to have a fair cash to pay them. It's big <laughs> bucks and I have to pay them. But if I wanna do it, you know, what not? But but now like like the way I'm sort of replacing that is that I've gotten to jam with some famous musicians every once in a while. And now it's kind of like, all right, I'm taking that on my system. But yeah, that might be something that, that I will still do, right? Because then again, I have the connections. I know people just, and money is just money anyway. So I might just at some point decide I want to do it. Because I write a lot of uh, things that I sing and play. So it's a matter of going to the studio and then put something together and maybe put it an item to so, you know,
0: yeah man you know i'm a huge proponent of just so yeah just give it a shot man you never know man (laughs) you know and that's uh you mentioned you're passionate about music and um that could be something hey you know why not you know maybe later on down the line and um that would be interesting to do you know um so going back to going back to the 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 um your broadcasting career, fantasy school. Um, Is there someone that you, uh, that was an influence on on your career or or, or on your style of, of, of of announcing or um, in your career? Just uh, who are any, any mentors? I I know you mentioned uh, earlier, you have, you have um, the, the young lady who hired you early on. Uh, But I mean, just recently or, or someone that's been, you know, one of some, a great influence for you.
1: Well, you know what, I um, I could give you a few names, but people are probably not going to know because they, you know, I listened to them growing up in Mexico, but people that your audience might be familiar with. I mean, obviously, Jaime Harin. Oh, yeah. Because when I got into baseball, the Dodger games were broadcast in, uh, in Mexico through a radio station. Oh. And I remember I was such a such a, as I said, I was either holding a bat in baseball or soccer ball
3: yeah. or
1: actually reading a book about baseball and encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to, when I kind of come, when I would come on vacation, I used to go to Borders or Baskin Noble and buy myself a baseball encyclopedia and encyclopedia and just read. So I remember that radio station that air the Dodger games. Um, had um, had like a free bowl game show and a host between innings, just doing trivia and things like that. Oh. So I was a, the nerdy kid, actually calling the radio station at 13, 14 years old, and answering the trivia right and winning prizes. But then, obviously, during innings, it was highness boys that just it, I got hooked. You know?
2: yeah. it was
1: it was unbelievable. It's just how melodic it is, and then learning his background. Right? Like he came from Ecuador not a baseball country and he had to learn the game from scratch oh, wow. and you know it's it quite a story and now we I, i'm very close to his uh, to his grandson Stefan. so i'm giving a shout out to Stefan, big lafc family l.a king fan uh oh yeah and we we took jaime to an l.a king game the other day Is and that right? so we're we're um it was latino heritage Science, so we invited jaime his grandson and you know we're sitting down with Patrick O'Neill doing an interview and then Patrick's like, we have a Hall of Famer and a future Hall of Fame. and I'm like, wow. Then again, it's one of those there wow. are moments where you're like, man, I made it.
2: Yeah. But um, cool. you know,
1: talking about American Voices, maybe I can tell you, I when I moved to the states, because then again, pretty much every game that I listened to, it was in Spanish. But you know, obviously Vince Scully. You know, when when I my first vacation here in oh, uh, wow. 1995, you know, when I when I like baseball, and it was. You know, I remember Vince Scully, it was incredible. But another one that was a really, like, I was shocked when hearing Mar, Marv Albert, man. His voice was just so oh, deep yeah. and, and so exciting. And yeah. a lot of times, some American commentators, like, especially in soccer, people say that American commentators are not as exciting as Hispanic commentators. Man, when I heard Mark Albert, I'm like, crap, this guy's really good. You know, it, you know, I was, I mean, he, he gets me into the game. He gets me excited. So I could say he's really good. Uh, baseball-wise, I remember Tom Brennerman. I love his voice.
0: Who's that? Uh, I'm sorry.
1: Some, uh, Tom Brenneman.
0: Okay. Uh huh.
1: Yeah, he's still doing some national games talk. I love his voice. Yeah. I thought it was just amazing. And a guy that I've really, you know, uh, grown to admire in the last two years, prepping for hockey and studying hockey and listening to games, Nick Nixon, man. What a voice. And it, it, it's just incredible. And I wasn't really, then again, since I really was not into hockey and nor did I grow up here in the States, I didn't really get into Bob Miller, although I, I love him. Mm-hmm. And we talk a lot, and he always treats me with respect. And we pick each other's brains and we talk about, you know, I asked him about the experiences. He asked me about how a Latino he's is, is, is growing to hockey, things like that. But with Nick, I have to pretty much listen to him every time that I'm not home right?
2: Uh-huh.
1: And I I've, I've told Nick this and I, and I said Nick, not because you're in front of me or because we work at the Kinks, but when I actually listen to out-of-market broadcasts, when I'm listening to serious radio and then I have to listen to you guys play on the road and I can listen to you, yeah, man, I, I really value how good you are. And it's no this, is no this and other broadcasters it's Nick. He just got it now. He, he has the voice. He can paint a picture in your head of, you know, with, with, except where the talk is, where the players are, what the players are doing. And I'm like, man, if I'm ever going to get into hockey on the English side, this is the guy I want to end His voice is unbelievable. Like, when I was a little kid, I remember getting into broadcast, or like, I, it was not that only about the game itself, nice. but I actually liked listening to broadcasters. And uh, like, low, tiny voices really bother me. So for me, like, someone who was a broadcaster has the deep voice that really got me into it and got me excited. And Nick has that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, in, in, you know, in current times, I would, I would, I would say so. He's, I really, really enjoy listening to him talk again.
0: Very cool, man. What about Chick Hearn, man?
1: I, you know, I was, when I moved to, to L.A., uh-huh. I was never a Lakers fan, actually. So when i moved to la 99 yeah i would listen to his games yeah but um it's been only highlights to be honest with you so i really i can oh. judge because of that so i and i was you know co- confessing i know you have more of an la ba- uh, fan base but um i i grew up like in utah, utah
3: because, jazz? you know
1: <laughs> yeah really yeah, we, uh, interesting yeah we didn't we didn't have a team in uh in Mexico City, obviously, so everyone was pulling for the Bulls because of Michael Jordan, right? Yeah, uh, the older fans would be running for the Lakers because of Magic. Um, there were some guys that liked Sonic, the Knicks, you know, the Hornets were really hot, but more it was more of a marketing scheme. But at the same time, you know, you had a longer morning, you had Monty Bugs, you had Larry Johnson, Dale Curry. Yeah, a lot of people talk about Stephen Curry, but his dad, and you remember, his dad was a Matt shooters as well. He was, he was
2: oh yeah, three
1: point shooter, right? Absolutely. So that team was really hot, in the, the Rockets were really hot in that so too. but I, I really wanted to go the other way. I never liked following patterns or trends per se. Like so that, you know. I really like Timberwolves. Yeah. I really like John Stockton. I want to go for Utah. And and you're, you're a Lakers fan, right? Oh yeah. Stockton's <laughs> are so those uh, playoffs against Utah.
0: You, you know,
1: what I'm talking about with Kobe and yes. you know, and Shaq and and, and those guys You're late were in the late Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. uh, so that's what really why I never got into into current. even when I moved here, I would watch games, but at the same time it was not interesting like it. I mean I, I knew the Lakers and I, I, I can talk Lakers history. I've worked for the Lakers too. So you know when I started watching in the nineties, I, I was being familiar with Cedric Savalos, a guy that I got to meet, it oh. was, you know, was incredible. Okay. Uh, Nick Vaneco was the first jersey I ever bought myself back in
0: 90,
1: 1996. Number nine so the first. Yeah, yeah, you know, so because I uh, played soccer like number nine.
2: <laughs> so yeah,
1: I remember Eldon Campbell and, and Kobe obviously when he we was drafted and, uh, and traded here, and Dale Harris, who believe it or not, he became the Spanish commentator for the Dallas Mavericks.
3: Dale
2: Harris,
1: something yeah yeah
2: it's really that,
1: that shocked me yeah. Wow. When, when Fox started doing some games in Spanish, I did the Lakers and then the Clippers here. And then the Mavericks got into it with Fox Sports Southwest. And Del Harris was a Spanish commentator.
0: Right. So, well, believe it, it or
1: not. So, still, yeah. Is he still there? I'm not sure. Is, but is but I'm not, I don't even know if that's still happening. But yeah, Del Harris. Uh, <laughs> who else was there? Eddie uh, Jones, I was there with a huge Jones fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sean Rube. Uh, oh,
0: yeah. Uh, who else was you're, there? You're talking- Anthony Bowie. Late nineties oh, you're talking? Uh, was,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, late nineties. And uh yeah, that was those were good Lakers teams, but that yeah. was right before the championship years. But yeah, yeah, that's why I mean I knew about the Lakers. I had a lot of family with Lakers fans, but at the same time I really never got into into Lakers basketball as much as I did into the jazz basketball, knew it or not. Wow
0: man, that's interesting. I would have never guessed that Utah Jazz are you still a jazz fan?
1: Um I when when Stockton and Morrone retired uh-huh. It was tricky for me because my two favorite players left. Um, I was also a big Jeff Hornacek fan. I've I've gotten to meet Jeff Hornacek.
3: What about Greg Horacek? He was Tag? an assistant
1: coach. Oh, I remember Oscar of course. They both <laughs> fought against against Yak. We're epic, right?
3: Great for you. Yeah,
1: that was well. He was he was not a good offensive center. He was a, a big body. defense, yeah. The they didn't have anyone. He they had uh, Greg Foster. I remember Fa- they had Ant- Antoine Carter. Antoine Carter, yeah. Who was yeah, sort of, you know, power forward center, but that was Utah's weakest point. But I mean I still had some <laughs> connections. I mean Brian Russell went to Long Six. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I have a picture inside the pyramid with, with with his jersey. Very cool, um man. uh so with with Susan Malone retired, um the team was left with some talent, but they're not the same. So Andrew Kiridenko became my favorite player. They had uh Darren Williams. Yeah, had a member of four. Yeah. Uh, so some, somebody, uh, Carlos Boozer, obviously, was later. Yeah. Um, afterwards, but, um, I, I got to meet Kirilenko inside the chairman's room at Staples Center last oh. year, uh, Kings game. So for me, it was like, because when I started playing basketball, I modeled my game after it. Like I had long arms. I was not the most but Like I couldn't play points, but I was sort of like, uh, like a feisty power forward, if you will. Long arms, I could block shots, I could play defense, I was hard nosed, and it was just like him. Like, he was not the most active player, but he was a heck of a player, so so complete. He could do everything. Man. And so when I met him, it was, it was like a dream. It was incredible. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately, it, it's hard to keep connections with teams that you don't watch on TV anymore, yeah. or you, your favorite players leave. So, um, I, it, it's sort of, I've been following this team that really paid my. <laughs> My, my bills or you know, I worked for I worked for the Lakers for for a long time. I worked for the Clippers too. So it's sort of like that. I follow whoever I'm working for. Right now, I'm more tempted than following for the Clippers. I've, I've called a couple of games on the radio. Okay. The last few years. So yeah, it's, it's more like that. But um, but yeah, I mean, I can tell you, I am not following as much. But in the '90s, now that we're talking '90s basketball was was my thing. It was it was incredible. It was insane. how many in basketball games I would watch every week
0: wow man very cool man so you we'll get you back uh uh to the purple and gold man we'll get you away yeah. from the dark side over there <laughs> yeah all right uh, you, you give it a try give it a try <laughs> you, you know uh and andre Kurilenko, man I, I haven't heard that name in I, I, years man years and uh oh that guy was—he was good man he's good yeah. yeah he's uh yeah those yeah utah's had some good good players throughout the years man yeah it's uh Darren Williams is another name. Wow, what happened to him? You know, and
2: yeah, he was. I think
1: it was in, he went to Turkey or something like that. Was, uh, yeah, I'm not sure where he, where he went, so I thought really, a really good point guard, really really
0: good point guard. Yes, yeah, yeah, you know, and then he, I think he went to uh, the Nets, and I don't know what happened to, to him after that. I th- I thought he was going to be one of the great ones, man. And uh, I mean, <laughs> he was great, but I thought he was going to, you know. Um, you know stay in the nba for a long time and win championships but um oh man that's 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 cool that's cool, Francisco. And so, Francisco, was there ever a time when you kind of, uh, and I kind of want to, you know, go back in time a little bit, where, you know, when you were pursuing your actual goal, of becoming a broadcaster, maybe in college during those years, um, you know, did you ever become discouraged and maybe to the point where you were contemplating uh, maybe I should go another route, maybe take another career, um, you know, path, uh, was anything like that for you?
1: Uh no. No, I I don't think so. Uh, besides music, uh, as I said, when I when I moved again, when I moved here again, and that's when I started. You know, I was playing the guitar probably twelve hours a day, and I was really into it. What whatever I do, I am very obsessive with. So that was that was my thing. But as I, you know, like I said, that if I wanted to be an international student and maintain my my elite status, I, I needed to go to school and take these twelve units, right? So yeah, I really had no time to sort of blink and uh, you know just basically forget about school so I forgot my, my dreams about a, a professional soccer player and and music I, I kept on doing it but I just I was I, I learned how to do everything by myself mm. um, and I just didn't have I don't think I reached like my my musical peak until my 30s uh-huh. so uh, probably no let, let's say I think the best stuff that I wrote, was around 2010 when I was around 28. So okay. it, the, the problem with that was um, I, I was already making good money for me to just forget about everything. And like like a lot of you know, there's a lot of musicians that come from from money, but the majority of them, be being all the people's couches, and then right. you know they don't care. They come to LA and pursue that dream, for me, was already making money. I was then again, you know, I was not a huge celebrity, but celebrity, oh, I was already, on TV. So I'm like, what is there for me to forget about what I have right now to pursue something else? Oh yeah. So that's, that's really been my sort of my my disjunctive view. Like I don't know where to go with this. Uh, but, right. uh, yeah, it's, it, it, that's probably the only path that I could have followed that would have been indifferent to broadcasting. And even then, I don't think I would have left broadcasting. That's the question that always popped in my head. What would happen? I'm like, no, I don't think I, I'm going to make money, but no, no, I'm not going to make millions anymore. This is not the time, you know, the time in which. You know, you, you go into music think you're going to make millions of dollars, which is
3: yeah. not anymore
1: after the nap, three years and you know, all that. So right. um, that's probably the only thing I would, have, I would have liked to follow. And right now, I'm getting more into an entrepreneurial mode in which I am, you know, working with, you know, consulting with, with not only sports teams, but companies that were spending land in America. And that's really addicting as well. I think money and, and power and everything else is really addictive. But then again, I, I think I'm a broadcaster by nature. I'm a play-by-play guy by nature. Uh, that's what I like to do. I like, and and I don't consider myself like a journalist per se. But I'm an entertainer, for, you know, by nature.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, so I think that it's got to have to be something really to entertain, regardless of what it is. It has to be something of me being in front of the camera or yeah. behind the microphone. Uh, but yeah, I mean, whatever at uh, this point, whatever I, I can use my skills and if it's something that makes me money and that gives me that that freedom, like that. that creativity, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to follow that path, but it, it's probably most likely going to be something that's connected to, to sports somehow. So I, I don't think, the other thing that I really like that I did for a little bit, I have a lot of family connected to hotels,
2: uh-huh. and
1: I, I really like hotel management. That's something that I thought, mm. I, I, I'm like, I can could, I could own a hotel, you know, I could be a DM of a hotel. That's something that I really, really enjoy mm. learning from my family. Uh, but I honestly, I don't, I don't really don't see myself doing something else. Maybe as I said, some business on the side, but if that's I'm like, if I'm for my craft and my skill, it would have to be something related to sports
0: in any way. Yeah. Okay. Interesting, man. And and, and by the way, I, I uh, you mentioned family, um, the hotels and everything. And, um, I read that you're related to the former first lady of me- of Mexico, Angelica Rivera de Peña, yes, right? Yes, sir. How are you yeah, two related? Yeah.
1: Uh, my, we we're very close because her dad, it was my dad's brother, was like my second dad. Uh, my dad and him, I mean, until he passed away in 2011, they were super close. So oh. it was, a lot of times it was three of us. So I, I was, we we're, we we're very, very, very attached to each other per se. So I got to see, I'm, I'm one of the youngest, uh, cousins in the, of the bunch and there's lots of us. Because it's uh, my dad had five siblings, so oh. um, there's probably about fifty of us. I'm and, and so I'm probably the next to next to last of uh, the younger ones. Or if you go from youngest to older, I'm probably number four. Gotcha. But um, even though um, Angelica was older than me, and I got I got a chance to see her develop and uh, really be with her. And you know her, you know she picked me up, who me up at school, and I would see how famous she was. And, you know, went to team parks together, and then. Until today, I mean, she is the person that I've really, really, really tried to pick her brain in the last few years because she has she was so so successful as an actress. She was the biggest actress in Latin America until she retired, and then yeah. she got to see she got to see the world, man. I mean, and she got to sleep in Buckingham Palace, you know. Wow. <laughs> she got like like I would I would talk to her and ask her, hey, when you like, I like traveling a lot with my wife. We both enjoy it. Like I remember, I was in Hungary, and when I would ask her, hey, I have to go to this castle and walk. From here to there, like when they brought you, they just give you like a golf cart or how, how do you actually get to places where people can get to but only by foot? And she's like, Man, I would stay inside the castle. <laughs> <True.
2: laughs>
1: yeah, so man, it's it, to have someone. I mean, believe me, my dad's my biggest role model. Like, he, he's the guy, he's the man, and he taught me values. And, yeah, you know, he's, he's amazing. But when it comes to entertainment, I mean, she has seen everything. She has seen the world. She has You know, acted, she has probably dealt with with terrible people. She has dealt with very talented people. She has, you know, met, you know, the the greatest of the greatest. Like, you know, they were talking about probably your biggest shock, which is probably when I met Robert De Niro, right? But then again, she has met every person that you can think of. Then again, she, as I said, she's left in Buckingham Palace, you know, (laughs) and and got to have tea with the queen. I mean, how, how how big can you get? Wow. So, so it is great to have someone like that on your side that you can probably, if you have an issue that's related to entertainment or not yeah. produced or an exec, you can go to her and be like, "Hey, I have this problem. How, how do you solve it?" Uh, or, or I can, I can share. I mean, it's, it's for me the best thing is sharing my my achievements with my dad, with my with my wife, obviously, and with family that near the schools or friends. Uh-huh. Uh, but when when you have someone who has been there. And, you know, dealt with whatever situation you deal dealing with right now on a bigger scale. And there's probably nothing that she hasn't seen. only understanding of it in the world in general. Uh it's, it's great to have someone like that on your team to support you. And, you know, she, she's really, really uh, embraced me. And when, when I was in Mexico before I came here, she's like, you know, I can get you into televisa Don't leave. You know, and mm-hmm. you and your dad are so close. You're an only child. I'm like, you know what? I appreciate the opportunity, but I just want to try something new. And he's not, not nothing against my dad or Mexico or anything. I just wanted to grow out of that of head and, and just become someone, you know? And yeah. and without any connections or anything like that, it happens, you oh. know, but at the same time, I, I, sometimes I think, um, I would have loved to act. Um, I think I, 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 I think I'm, I have some kind of acting genes in me. Uh-huh.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I recently won a, a casting, actually. I, my first casting was, uh, and this is something else that not a lot of people know, probably no one except his friends and family, but I'll give you a scoop, too.
2: Mm. So
1: I got a call from, uh, from a casting agency, and they found me, I think, on Instagram, and it was, you know, out of respect to them, I'm not going to mention the name, but they just oh. wanted someone who would act as a loud obnoxious Passion and sports has right uh, uh, for me. I have the passion and I I know my sports, but I'm not broadcasting that. So I needed to be. Uh, play, I needed to play a part. So I started talking to her. I, I talked to friends who were actors. Hey, how do I do this? Things like that. Well, long story short, I want the casting.
3: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: I, I want the casting. Uh, they had me do another. One. They actually had me. The second round was uh, an interview uh, over the phone or a FaceTime. Um, and I thought it was really bad because I wasn't prepared, I had that much <laughs> and yeah, you know, my eyes were all dark and whatnot. <laughs> but they still liked me and called me up and they said you, you want it. You're gonna you're gonna take me to New York and we're gonna pay you this and that.
3: Uh-huh.
1: But it ended up being that, that company had a conflict of interest with one of the companies I was working
2: for oh. at the
1: time. So they said, "Tori can't do it because this company is conflicting with that other company you work for." Yeah. Um, uh, and, and I said, "Well, I'm I don't work full time. Does that matter?" So they never got back to me. After, you know, after that. So my point is, I won the casting fair. Where we have any acting experience, so that led me to believe that I do have some kind of <laughs> yeah. natural chops. So maybe they come from her who knows? But yeah. You know, I, I I probably I would have. You know, if I have to rewrite again, I, I wouldn't repeat anything or, or sort of, if I had to repeat my life all over, I would definitely follow the same path. I don't regret anything that I've done, good or for bad sure. things, whatever. But if I had to, like, let's say I have no choice but to rewrite it, yeah, I would probably, I would love to, you know, take taking a chance of, of acting and modeling and, and doing artistic stuff as well and getting to see how far it could But, you know, I, I'm a believer that whenever, you know, things happen, they're, they're for a reason. So I think I'm in the right path. But, um, yeah, as I said, once again, long story short, you know, it is, it is just great. And I'm really proud of what she's achieved and uh, accomplished. So, you know, it's, it's just great to have someone like that on your team just supporting you. And, and you'd be great at it. a it's, it's It's a big plus.
0: Oh yeah, man! I don't think it hurts having your first cousin as a married to the president of Mexico. I think, <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool, man. Uh, you know, I, you mentioned acting, man, and I've done a little bit of acting and myself, man. I was on. Uh, yeah, I had a little speaking role on Mad TV back in 2005. Really? Uh, yeah, I was the uh, believe it or not. Uh, I don't. I don't think I've uh, mentioned this on the podcast. Uh, I was a Jose Canseco look-alike, and um, it was a really? yeah. It was a little skit we did for um, uh, back when the steroid thing was was big. Sure. A- and uh, do you, I don't know if you know the name Ike Ike Berenholtz. Was- no, I do not yeah he was a, a regular on that uh he was on the cast of, of mad tv and oh, uh, yeah so yeah man i've always been uh, um, an aspiring uh performer myself uh, hence why i do the podcast uh, um, and that's why i admire you a lot francisco because you're you're in that realm that i i'd, I'd really want to be in and you're in that world you're in that uh you know in the sports and entertainment man and um i think that's um that's something i've always wanted to get into and do you remember the organization uh alley LA riptide it was a major league lacrosse yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um man I, and I always regret this i turned down a job believe it or not to that uh organization like a fool <laughs> it's one of those regrets <laughs> i have and um I, I was just foolish for, for turning that down, um, for, 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 you know, financial reasons and, and other and, and things like that. But, uh, but anyways, man, my point being is that, um, yeah, this is, a, this is, a, a, you know, uh, acting and performing and, and, uh, being in front of the camera, um, something that I really, I've always enjoyed, you know, the behind the scenes type of stuff, uh, how things get produced, how things come about the creative process, what have you, uh, so, anyways, man. So I, that's why I have a lot of admiration for what you do and, um, and and things like that. My, my son is an aspiring broadcaster, shout out to Renee Francisco. And, um, so I want to ask you this question, man, if there's one, you know, uh, if there's something that you would, um, maybe uh someone that's wanted, wanted to follow in your footsteps at this very moment right uh what advice would you have for for that person someone that that's aspiring to become uh an announcer a broadcaster to get into the business what what steps should they be taking now to to prepare themselves for that profession
1: well it it's a, it's a very different time to when i started uh-huh. because when i started you didn't have the youtube then you have the amazon then you have the netflix and all these uh, new yeah. outlets, right? And you didn't yeah. have, like I'm a big photographer, I have drones and I have, you know, small cameras and, you know, vlogging devices and they call them things like that, right?
0: Social you media. You didn't
1: have those. So, yeah, so you have to make it through TV. And I just still believe that TV holds quality control because anyone, with all the respect, anyone can go out there with a the camera and film themselves. Yeah. Uh, but, but go in front of a, of a camera, you know, get a near piece and follow the director's uh, instructions and being in front of a live audience—that's not something that everyone can do, right? No. So, but but still, even even with all these changes, what I would obviously tell whoever wanted to get into that and uh, whichever craft it is related to media or to entertainment—you know—find something that makes makes you unique, right? Uh, in my case, uh, it was it was uh, speaking Spanish, right? So right. I, I thought. You know, the, the usual path for, for a broadcaster is if you start in L.A. because you live in L.A. or were born in L.A., you're going to have to go to smaller market. You're going to have to go to Topeka, Kansas or two.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if you're lucky maybe Palm Springs, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Or then you go to like well, El Paso or who knows? I mean, with all the respect, there is just more market. Right. right. Uh, and then for me, I found that by speaking Spanish, I was going to be able to find a channel that was based in, in you know, LA like Fox Sports Espanol, uh-huh. and pursue my, my my craft and my goals. And 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 for me, that was that was what made me, uh, you know, get to where I wanted to be. Because then, when when Fox got the rights to the World Cup in 2013, and all oh, the FIFA events, that's when I got my big break. But I was already an accomplished Spanish broadcaster, and then they followed me because of that bicultural. Uh, fact or, or, or that bilingual ability and that's why they, they, they looked my way so right. I think that's it and it doesn't have to be related to language but you really have to find what makes you different than the person right next to you why would I hire you mm. you're you're good looking but maybe you're not that good looking you dress well and maybe you don't or you maybe don't, don't like yourself conscious but you have a great voice and maybe you're made for radio or you know you yeah. have to find that thing that makes you special and then obviously find your niche. And then there's going to be times where you also have to understand your limitations because if you don't, you're going to try to crash against the wall mm. all, all the time. And, and another thing that I could say, don't work hard, just work smart because yeah. you, you, you can be there trying to open the door. And if you don't have the key code, you're going to be stuck forever. But mm. if, you, if you know it, if you know what to do, you will take a minute and you're in it doesn't matter that person right next to you fought for 20 minutes or 20 hours to get in, you know? Right. So yeah, those two, just find something that makes you unique. And at the same time, work smart, try to work smarter and outsmart the person right next to you.
0: Right. Right. And play, play to your strengths. Right. Right. What, what, like you said, you know, you have a good voice. Um, are are you comfortable in front of the camera? What, what is that one thing that, um, that you're good at. Right. And, uh, yeah. And like you said, man, what's going to make you unique, what's going to separate you from the next guy or, or, you know, thousands of others that literally right. That are trying to get into the business and yeah. So that's good advice, man. That's awesome, man. And Francisco, man. So what's next for you, man, in your career? you mentioned a few things already, but, uh, I mean, what, what's, what's your, maybe, I don't know, six months to three-year, five-year plan for you? What, what do you think, man?
1: Um, I I got asked the same question um, two days ago when, unexpectedly, I was ready to fly to fly first class by myself. And then the person that I ran next to me is a very close friend of mine and uh-huh. a sports executive. Uh, so instead of taking a nap for three hours, I got you know, to talk and get in deep with, with that person and <laughs> had a great chat with him. And he asked me the same question. Like, what's your ultimate goal? What's your master plan? And I said, you know what? I don't have a master plan anymore. I used to have a master plan or I thought that you need to have a master plan to be successful in life. But, Mm. you know, sometimes when you have a master plan, I mean, at least in my experience, you end up forgetting what you're doing every single day or how hard you're, you're, you're fighting and struggling to get to the position where you want to get. And a lot of times with me, getting things, I mean, they didn't come easy, but I was in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And I took care of took advantage of opportunities. So I, I started taking things for granted. And I was there in the NBA finals, you know, calling the finals. And I was just like, oh, it's just one more game, you know, or the World Series. Oh, I want to go home. So I'm tired. I'm like, really? And then so like <laughs> right now, everything that I'm doing, I'm really proud of every single thing that I do. It doesn't matter if it's something small. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter if it's me. Uh, hosting a, rock, a big rock star at Staples Center or, you know, striking a, a million-dollar business deal or if it's just, you know, uh, going out with the wife and getting a smile yeah. on her face. It's uh-huh. like every single thing that I'm doing, I'm, re- I'm feeling proud of it. Like, hey, I'm, I'm in this world for this, for a reason and I am, you know, I'm making a difference. So what's next for me right now is I, I think I've been very fortunate to do whatever I've wanted to do um, in, in 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 my profession, while in my thirties, so now I want to make sure that everything I do leaves a legacy, and every mm. single move that I make, it, it is it's something special. Like the, the most recent one with LAFC, we uh we brokered the deal with you know to bring a three and, and, and LAFC together. We're making history, man, because wow. uh, LAFC had a deal with the Univision, but it was a different. They didn't have like full broadcast team. Game was games were broadcast from Miami. So now we're, we're making history with today. They, they're rebranding, they have new ownership, new management. So I got to make sure that everything that I do and everything that has my name attached to it from now on. is something built big. is something massive. And if you bring me into the podcast in a few months, I'll be able to give you more on what I'm doing right now. It's sort of, um, under, uh, it's, it's sort of confidential, but it has to do with sports. And I promise big things are coming and we're going to make history. And that's, that's really what I, uh, where I think I, I found my direction in life. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm out there to, to put smiles in people's faces, but at the same time, I'm out of here to make history. So let's stay connected and I'll, I'll give you more, more scoop on what, what's happening next few months. There There's big, big things coming.
0: Give us the scoop, Francisco. Come on, man. <laughs> <Dog>.
1: <laughs> I will in, in a few months. <laughs>
0: yeah no definitely man yeah of course man you're, you're always welcome you're always welcome back here man and yeah it seems like um yeah it seems like you're kind of uh, you mentioned the ma- master plan you're kind of going with the flow now and you're uh everything you're doing is a lot more calculated it seems like right and um methodical when you when you go about your your business endeavors and what have you and um but it's interesting, man, the journey you're going on, here, man. It's it's really cool to see that, man. I, and uh, thank you for coming on here, man, and, 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 and uh, the 90s Galore podcast, man. And like I said, you're always welcome. And um, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, staying in touch with you, man, seeing where where, where your next uh, big thing is, is, where your career is going to take you. And um, just remember the little people, Francisco. Really. <laughs> You know?
1: and w- one of the things that I that I learned from from my dad is always staying, um, you know, level headed, always staying in the ground, and it's something. One of the conventions, conventions, that I always make, and this is actually a good thing for people who are listening. Don't let your ego defeat you, because I have a huge ego. You know, I, it, it, it's a big ego, right? If I'm if only getting by myself, it doesn't matter because my, I can be play by play, and my ego can be color commentator, right? That's how big right. is my ego is. So, um, and I'm, it, it's, something I, I would compare it to. I mean, obviously with the will, the respect of everything, and an alcoholic, right. But I would compare it to that plan of the 24 hours plan. Like you have to stay sober for 24 hours mm-hmm. and then next day, 24 hours, things like that. Yeah. So for me, it's how hard it's gotten, right. So I need to make sure that I stay level headed for 24 hours no doubt, uh, and then the next 24 hours. Yeah, And you know, so, so for me, I, I, I never, like, I'm very proud of the values that my dad taught me like always respect mm. everyone regardless of, of of who they are or what they do so if i go into the stadium i mean then again with all the respect i have the same relationship with one of the owners of the team or uh, ceo or you know high vps right. than i would have with one of the ushers with the person that shows me in every time or the person that handles the cafeteria you yeah know, i have the same respect for all of them because they all Make me feel welcome. And when you give me respect, I'm going to give you respect. back. If you don't, if you're a nap to me, believe me, you, I'm not, I'm not even getting close, right? You, vibe, you know, give me the wrong vibes. I'm not, I you forget you. But at right. the same time, everyone that gives me respect regardless of the way it is. And especially, for example, going to, into, into sports venues, like a lot of uh, our people, Latinos, they, they handle some of the toughest jobs in, in sports arenas, right? Mm. But, and those are the people that see me on TV on the all the time. So well, those are the guys that make conversation with me. Yeah. Hey, Francisco, yo te vi en la noche de estrella. Hey, Francisco, vi haces eso? So it's great. It's great to have that relationship with people. So with me, it doesn't matter if i become big or not. Like, I still like, if I go on Fox Sports West, like I did yesterday, I know a lot of people within the production crew, and I go, I give them a hug. It doesn't matter. I, I don't forget about things. And I mm. think one of, the, one of the great things that, that i learned uh, when, when my when my family was in power in Mexico, I got to go to huge events the National Palace or the residential, mm. uh, the, uh, the, the presidential residence and great places, right? I meet a lot of people and, you know, lavish and glamorous people and things like that. Right. But I also know how to behave when I go, and I can go to a party in a humble town in Mexico. Mm. And I, mm. I can behave both ways because Absolutely. my family came from humble beginnings and they fought really hard give me a good education to give me an upper middle class upbringing started from zero right Mm -hmm. Uh, so i know i i love i love being that that person has that duality i can go to you know uh, a presidential palace or presidential house and know how to behave well but at the same time you take me to a little town in mexico and you know eight quesadillas and and uh, maybe, you know, it's a, it's a humble house and, you know, humble people, but I still, I, 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 don't forget my roots. You know, it's, it's, it's something that's, that's great. And I, you, you brought that point up it's, uh, because if sometimes you're brought with money, mm-hmm. you, you don't know how to move or, or just act around people who don't have it and the same way around if You don't, if you never had it, you don't know how to, you know, really act or perform around people who are, you know, we have high expectations, have a lot of money and things like that. And I think right. the good thing about the way I've what I've learned from my dad is, you know, just be able to be humble and say hi to everyone and same with my cousin, as I said. I, I he saw her develop from a sort of, you know, known person to a world superstar and then to first leading Mexico. I never saw her denying anyone a picture. I mean it's different you know, last years with paparazzi and people would just want to take advantage of you but you know, if fans came to her, it doesn't matter what time it was, where we were, like Six Flags Mexico or whatever. Mm-hmm. She plays with a lot of people. I never saw her being uh, mean to anyone. She right. was always treating everyone without much respect. Very cool. Uh, so so I, that's something that stuck that to me real well. And I, I got to make sure, you know, I, I, I follow that. I follow those values that I've learned from my family and people close to me. So yeah, that's uh, to your point. You know, there's no—I don't believe there's little big people. I mean, there's some there's some that are successful maybe at what they do or or do things maybe that like with me, I have I'm notorious because I maybe I come on TV, but that doesn't make me uh, bigger or smaller than someone who is really good right. in other crafts. But, but no, I I, I enjoy um, you know meeting people and uh, hearing stories and sharing stories. And you know what's great about now, you know, excuse me if I'm going longer.
3: No, no. What's
1: great about um, sports mm-hmm. is it doesn't matter how rich you are. doesn't matter how poor you are. It doesn't matter what,
2: yeah. what economic
1: status or religion you saw whatever. You're always going to find common ground. And it's the great thing about sports, especially yeah. with the L.A. Kings. And if I can plug the L.A. Kings, obviously, uh, we have some of the most famous people. Coming I mean, to the arena, right?
2: Uh-huh. Everyone
1: thinks it's the Lakers, right? Because you see those guys, you know, front, you know, you know, front row and courtside, yeah. right? Right. A lot of those, I would say, Jack Nicholson is the, is legit, the but with all the respect, without dissing anyone, a lot of those people just show up late and sit front court to be seen, and mm-hmm. that's perfect because it's a marketing strategy. Isn't it? You yeah. have <laughs> to do it, and it's it's part of the job. But right. with the Kings, man, I mean, I've met, you know, as I said, some of the people from our board. You know, one of them in there is one of the biggest Hollywood producers, uh, Michael Sugar, man. Shout out to him. And he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. He wow. shows up to meetings with his jersey. And he is, <laughs> you know, he's, I mean, he's, he just made a movie with Meryl Streep. And, you know, he, I mean, he's, he's up there. And, and then I'm saying names just because I got to give shout outs to people like that. So we have Colin Tanks and, and Fred Curry. And, yeah. and, and then again, some, some rock stars and, and writers and actors you know, Snoop Dogg coming to a game tomorrow and we've <laughs> some hats and, and George Lopez have been to games before. And it doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter how, how famous you are. We are a family. Our, our LA Kings core core group, we're, we're a family, man. And that's what what got me fall, to fall in love with hockey. The mm-hmm. fact that then again, mm-hmm. we can all be connected by, by something coming. So let's say I go like whenever I travel, I know that if I get an Uber, I get a taxi, I'm going to talk sports to whoever's driving me
2: somewhere, right? <laughs> right? Or if I go
1: somewhere and I'm talking to, you know, the cleaning person at a sports venue or somewhere else, mm. there's going to be that connection. They're going to, they're going to like the most likely chances are they're going to like soccer or boxing. And so then again, everywhere I go, I have that, that, um, that thing on my side that I know sports. And then again, it doesn't matter. People think that because I'm on TV, I'm on or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I can always talk sports with you and, <laughs> find that common ground find that connection so it's it's, it's it's something that's great and again regardless of your values i think that connection with sports will always get you places
0: absolutely man yeah very well said man whereas when and i can tell you came from uh you know a tight-knit family and you know you come from good stock and uh yeah you know i'm mexican myself and you know we, we relate on uh we relate to those uh values uh we find you know a lot of commonalities there and I'm very familiar with, with the country of Mexico and, um, but yeah, man, it's, I like how you mentioned being humble, staying humble, no matter what bottom line is, you know, treating everybody with respect, no matter what all those good things, man. And, um, yeah Francisco man it's it's uh quite like I said man it's it's looking at your story man it's it's pretty cool and uh I hope um I'm writing my own story at at the same time while while I'm watching yours and um you know I I aspire to kind of you know be at a point where I can help people um become you know what they want to become you know and, and be a mentor and, and, and teach and, 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 I want to be in that position. That's my goal, man. So, you right. know, so I'm, I'm trying to get, make my own, you know, journey, write my own book there. And, um, you know, I know I got you to uh, my, my pick your brain here and there, man. And, and then seek you out for advice and what have you. So, but, uh, man, I'm, I'm going to let you get some sleep Francisco, <laughs> you know, you uh, know
1: what? It's, it's funny because now I got to go to work.
0: <laughs>
1: I gotta go to work in about an hour, but no, all good, oh all good. I, I really enjoy the conversation. As I said, I like uh, we have met it, and if I can say it publicly, we met through a common friend, Mike Orzado, yes. who facilitated you know that feature that we did for Fox Sports West when we talked about Latino fans
2: mm-hmm. within
1: the Kings community. And uh, you know, I like hearing people's stories because uh, I, as I said, I don't consider myself a journalist, but at the same time, I'm a storyteller. And I like to share stories that are compelling to me. And your guys' story has been so compelling. Like what you said on the show, like when I met Mike, we're the only ones in the block that spoke Spanish. And that's why we got connected. Right. And the LA Kings, right? Uh, So, you know, uh, I I really enjoy, you know, talking to to great people. And and when I mean great, uh, I I don't mean, uh, you know, as I said, you have to have this job or coming on TV or be an athlete or whatever. I, I I believe in metaphysics because of my my wife and, and vibes and, and 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 when I like someone like I've, I've you know grown to like you guys that's okay with me but when I don't like someone right away it's like I don't I don't want any anything to know or, or to be to um, to do with that person so you know believe me I'm whatever you need man I'm here um, I'm on record <laughs> so you know I, it's, it's always always great to, to talk to you
0: Oh, man. No, thank you, Francisco. Francisco X Rivera. Uh, thank you so much, man. And like I said, uh, we'll, we'll get you back on here soon enough, man, and maybe we'll, we'll um, pick up some um, some news, and, uh, some breaking news in a few months, like you mentioned. And um, it, before we go, do, is there where can people find you? Uh, you want to plug your Instagram or, or Twitter or yeah. anything like that?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, so um, all my three accounts are verified, so you'll know it's me. It's not about I got hacked or anything. I don't have that excuse <laughs> anymore. So um Instagram you can find me at Francisco X Rivera altogether. Um Twitter is FX underscore Rivera. And then Facebook, Francisco X Rivera. So all three are verified, so it won't be very hard to find me. So yeah, I mean I inter- I, I like interacting with my followers too. So you know, uh, you, you know, you guys are welcome to to come and comment and you know, let's, let's make making fun, let's interact
0: absolutely man well well uh thanks again francisco ladies and gentlemen francisco x rivera you heard it here first he uh dropped some some gems some breaking news and um yeah we'll hopefully we'll get him back on uh sooner sooner than later um as for myself i want to thank all the listeners for tuning in tonight here on the 90s galore podcast don't forget to follow me on instagram at uh, 90s uh, underscore galore that's nine zero s underscore galore on twitter at 90s galore uh that's nine zero g a l-o r e uh thanks again for everyone uh for again uh, tuning in and um we will see you next week uh so until then you know what to do and that's take it
2: easy